0: robin's on the wire a bristol post podcast with michelle owen and bristol city reporter gregor mcgregor
2: before we start this week's podcast a big thank you to elm legal services who are based in bristol and provide will writing and estate planning services across the uk you can get a standard single will for 99 pounds if you'd like to get in touch call them 0800 019 4557 Yes, welcome along to Robins on the Wild. with myself, Michelle Owen, Gregor McGregor coming on in just a tick. But first to introduce our special guest today, a man that has worked behind the scenes at Ashton Gate, has supported Bristol City all his life, Uh, is now working as a sports journalist and a radio presenter as he's no longer at Ashton Gate. He left last season... Mr. Tim Shires, welcome along.
0: Hello, it's good to be here.
2: That was a big intro for you. Are you going to fulfil it the was. big intro? I'm not
0: used to big intros like that, but <laughs> thank you very much.
2: Now, if you're thinking, I know that voice, that's because Tim used to be the stadium announcer for how many years?
0: It was nine seasons I did it for.
2: Wow. So you did it with... Uh, David Lloyd. on the, Well, David Lloyd was on the pitch and you were up in the box, weren't you? Yes, yeah, so the music. Dave,
0: Dave kind of did all the, the stuff, pitch side pre-match, all the... interviews and stuff like that and then all the announcements in the game i did um yeah for nine years and i really enjoyed it
2: and you have such a good voice for it as well i think people probably with all due respect to downsy who's now doing a great job probably miss your voice around ashton gate this was your first season not doing it for nine years how's that been Has it been a bit weird
0: it took a bit of getting used to but i've yeah i mean i'm kind of used to it now and i actually enjoy going to the games as a fan now so it is it is quite nice in that respect
2: did you get down to a lot of games this season then
0: I'd say most home games. Yeah, I missed about two or three uh, due to other commitments. But yeah, most home games. I didn't get to any away games this season, unfortunately. Because I, I do like uh, the odd away game because it's a really good atmosphere on the away days. But um, but yeah, I do, I do kind of miss doing the, the announcing. But yeah, like I said, it's just nice to be a fan once again.
2: In those nine years when you were announcing, you know, you were behind the scenes access, saw a lot of things that most regular fans. Don't see. So, what's, I guess, one of the
0: most bizarre things that you saw in those nine years? Uh, phew, uh, quite a few things. Probably the most memorable <laughs> one was the season City got relegated from the Championship. And it was the last game of the season uh, and it was at home. Sean O'Driscoll was the manager. And me and David Lloyd, before the uh, game, we said, right, if we get relegated tonight, what are we going to play at the end? And we thought it would be a good idea to play Monty Python, always look on the bright side. Mm. So, final whistle goes. David Lloyd says kind of his little closing speech, as he always does after the games, and then I I hit play, always look on the bright side, and I just glanced down to the pitch. Sean O'Driscoll had a face like thunder, and Lewis Carey was just looking up at me, doing kind of like crossing his, his hand across his neck to say, stop. Um, but all the fans seem to be enjoying it. But I, I got out of it quite quickly, and then oh Sean O'Driscoll, uh, in an interview afterwards, I can't remember if it was on Radio Bristol or, or Sky Sports News, but one of the other. But he uh, he basically he didn't name me, but he he absolutely oh, slated yeah. me in the interview. He said, you know, that DJ and he used a few choice words no as well. Way. Yeah. Wow. Well,
2: so, perhaps he need to look closer to home. Yeah. Well, he he was season.
0: gone not too long after that, and exactly. then Lewis uh, <laughs> Carey, me and him, we you know we, we spoke quite a lot, and he said, oh, don't worry about it. It's water under the bridge. Yeah,
2: and Lewis Carey is a top guy as well. Isn't he, he is, lovely, yeah, lovely, lovely man. Yeah,
0: but at the time, obviously, emotions were running of high, course. and I can imagine why why it went the way it did. Yeah, but, um yeah. but yeah, so that's all water under the bridge now. But yeah, that was probably one of my most memorable times.
2: And you left last season. And what did you think about Adam Baker leaving this season? That's quite sad as well that that he's left. Looks like you know he he's moving on now to spend more time with his family and do things like that. But you're a Bristol City fan he was a Bristol City fan is it a shame there I mean I'm sure that everyone that works at the club is a Bristol City fan but those that sort of I guess mm, I don't know what the word is that sort of Bristol City fan isn't working there
0: now. They've, they've lost uh, a very dedicated person to the club as, yes. as an employee, but also as a fan as well. And I think um, he did most away co-commentaries on, on Radio Bristol. And I think the fans, they, they had a certain warmth with him. You know, they, they could engage with him quite easily. He was a, the, the voice of the club, if you like, away from the, the announcements that you hear in the ground. And I think he will be missed.
2: Yeah, and he was such a long servant to the club, like you were. He was there for 17 years. It's something we discussed in length last week. So I'll be interested to see who replaces him,
0: on it? Yeah, well, I have a feeling, that because they had quite a, a strong media team there, and I think there was two or three of them. So yeah, yeah good I'm, I'm sure perhaps uh, it might be down to one of them that are currently there to step into his shoes. And or
2: maybe Lisa Knights or something like
0: that. Possibly, yes. Um, I mean, I know she oversees all the media across all the, the different Bristol sport sports. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens, and uh, I wish Adam all the best for the future, and I'm sure wherever he ends up, he'll do very well.
2: Yeah, definitely. Well, since you left Ashton Gate, You've been doing all sorts. I swear you're one of the busiest men I know. You've been reporting for BBC Radio Bristol. You've also been reporting for other local BBC stations, but doing games down this way. Uh, You DJ, you now have a new radio show. How do you even have time to go and watch Bristol City?
0: <laughs> I sometimes ask myself that question as well. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm trying to um, just get the balance right at the moment because the last years, it's been a big kind of sweeping change, obviously leaving City and then uh, taking out a couple of new challenges. Like you mentioned, I've got this new show on Soul Train Radio, which is absolutely great fun. Um, So, yeah, it's just trying to balance it and find the right time. I mean, the stuff I do at BBC is all very kind of freelance, so it's part-time, so it's not all day, every day, and then I'm going on to do another thing. It just so happens that everything that I do kind of happens at the same time, yeah. so it makes it seem like I'm busier than you I am. You need a
2: clone, Tim. You need a clone. I do,
0: and it needs to be two of me, although I don't think anyone else would want two of me.
2: <laughs> well, we've got you on today, because we're going to be talking about uh, transfers. We want to get your thoughts as a fan and as someone that used to work at the club, what needs reinforcing, and we're going to bring Gregor on at this point. So, Gregor, what is the latest on a man we think is leaving, Joe Bryan?
1: Um, So I think it's widely accepted by most people, isn't it, that he's likely to be on his way. Uh, Burnley have been linked, haven't they, strongly? Um, It was interesting, I don't know if you guys saw, but um, there's a local reporter up in Burnley though who who says that he swears there's no interest from Burnley and Joe Bryan at all, which is completely contradictory to, um, I think it was John Percy who originally said that um, uh, there was a £6 million bid coming in from the Clarets for Mm. uh, Bryan. So, uh, I don't know, that seems like one of those uh, crazy stories that's going to run across the summer. Are they interested? Are they not? And yeah, we'll, we'll probably have to wait and see which other Premier League clubs come in for him. But I think, yeah, from what I've heard, what people have said to me um, I think there's a good chance unfortunately that he might be on his way
2: have we got any more info about anyone else that might be leaving at this stage before we look at where we need to reinforce
1: yeah well i yeah I mean, with my role, obviously speak to various people and um i 've heard a few things about players possibly on their way. I have to stress it 's early days in the market, and um, the way things pan out, um clubs will register an interest in a player, but that doesn 't necessarily mean they 're obviously going to going to buy them um, and they might bid for them, and that might not be successful. Um, which might be the case with Joe Bryan and Burnley. Maybe Burnley um, have said, listen, we've got £6 million with your name on, Steve Lansdowne. What do you think of that? And it's you... not enough, though. Is it?
2: Exactly. exactly.
1: Steve's like... probably said, what? Well, you're going to shove that <laughs> wherever. Yeah, wherever. Simply, you wouldn't we should, want £10 you, million. Pounds, you wouldn't
2: so. sell Joe Bryan for £6 million. I know he's not got long left on his contract, but he's worth a lot more than that, isn't he?
1: No, it? I, I would have
0: thought, you know, if a club came in, maybe started at about £9 million, the club, City might then say, "Well, we'll take ten. I think if... if Someone came in with £10 I think City would bite their hands off for it.
2: Yeah, especially with the length left on his his contract and things.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's silly season at the moment, isn't it? You're going to see all sorts of rumours about players going and coming in. So, you just don't know what the future holds, unfortunately, because in this mad world of social media, it's all over the place when one rumour sparks and everyone just jumps on it. And then, next thing you know, there's nothing. So, um, I think it's just a case of the clubs keeping their cards as close to the chest as they can. Mm. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. But yeah, Joe Bryan, I would I would say 99% that he's probably not going to be at City at the start of next season.
2: And if you look at the Instagram stories, you know a lot of the Bristol City boys are on holiday at the moment. A few of them have gone to Dubai together. And uh, Marlon Pack and Corey Smith are out there, I think, with Corey Woodrow and may, maybe a couple of others too. Uh, looking at the Instagram stories. So Marlon Pack is another one that's rumoured to leave, but doesn't look like much is happening on that right now, does it? Yeah,
1: Gregor? Marlon Pack, from what I know of that one, uh, that one's very much in the air. Sort of 50-50 is my understanding. Um Interesting that he changed agency that he's with. He's now moved to... um, I saw that. Yeah, key sports management. And, um, yeah, my understanding on that is that there are negotiations going on at the moment. Um, But I don't think there's any concrete interest from other sides at the moment. So we'll have to uh, wait and see on that. And either he's going to sign a new deal or probably be sold. But, yeah, I, I mean, this is one other point I wanted to make, actually, is that do you do you guys think that um city have to sell these players if if the contracts aren't agreed is there any um case to be made for maybe holding on to them for another year but of course you run the risk you, then of you them the money, don't yeah you? of losing losing the money but.
0: yeah i mean there's always the option of selling uh, in the summer and, and cashing in, or you could try and make the player stay. Well, not make them. You're not going to hold them down and pin them down against their their will. But if the player does stay, but they don't sign a new contract, then in January, that makes it interesting because they'll either go at a cut price. So I think City, what they need to do, if they can't secure these players on a new contract, they have to sell them this summer. Because uh, they don't really...
2: I mean, if if a player has said they're interested in leaving. Are they really going to give their heart and soul to the club again? Look at what happened with Riyad Mahrez at Leicester City. Okay, it's a Premier League club. I mean, yes, after a few weeks, he started performing again for Leicester. But just look at that saga in January. Now, I don't think that would happen at Bristol City. I don't think Lansdowne or Mark Ashton would allow that to happen. But there's a danger of it becoming this whole saga and it becoming very difficult. Look at Aidan Flint, what happened in the summer. You know, it is good that he stayed and turned the season around and played well. But he didn't want to be here in August. I remember doing a League Cup game and he was dropped because he had a conversation with Lee Johnson and Lee Johnson didn't think he was in the right mindset. So I guess it is a good thing, isn't it, that the window closes that much sooner now. I mean, it's the 9th of August, which is just a few days after the season starts for for the championship. And that's only a good thing, isn't it? But... Bristol City want to get their business done as early in summer as possible.
1: Yeah, interestingly, I was um, speaking to one of the players' agents the other day and um, I asked him, like, is this going to be a really difficult summer for you um, in terms of getting everything done? You've also got the World Cup in there as well. And uh, he actually said, "Now nah, it'll be exactly the same. It um, won't make any difference to us. Um, but obviously the World Cup um, has a massive bearing because lots of players go away, etc. Um, I've been told Bristol City want to get their business done ahead of the World Cup. But, um, ahead I re- of the World Cup? Ahead of the World Cup. Have got but- but, but I reckon that is probably what every single football club around the world wishes to do. And whether it's you can do those or not, yeah, nah. is, 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 is probably highly unlikely. So, yeah, I think, as Tim said, a lot of these stories are going to run and run across the summer and we're going to have to wait and see what, what serious interest is flushed out.
2: Just before we move into who could be incoming, that we think at the moment, just want to ask finally about Bobby Reed because he's the one that everyone was talking about leading up to the window opening tim if, if bristol city lose bobby reed is he irreplaceable
0: um he's not irreplaceable but if he is to go city need to have someone really really strong lined up maybe even sign them before they let bobby reed go because you can't have a scenario especially with Famara Jiju banned for six matches at the start yeah, of we'll next come season yes yeah. Yeah, so we can't be in a situation where at the start of the season bobby reed's gone they haven't replaced him fromara out
2: so as it stands, options would be limited if Bobby Reid left, so they need a goal scorer.
0: Yes, and I think it's essential that it, whether, Lee, uh, in fact, whether Reid goes or not, I think City really, really need to get a proven striker in. Maybe an experienced one, maybe someone who's a little bit younger, because I know Lee Johnson likes his younger players. That he, but
2: would they look at the loan on. market now then? Because if she's out for six games, would Possibly. They look at the loan I, I even actually
0: saw a rumour about Tammy Abraham potentially
2: coming back. I saw this too, back. Gregor. Tell me what you know.
1: Uh, I know nothing about that. I, I think <laughs> I think that one would be very unlikely as my I do as well, here. because he's um, gone
2: to the Premier League. And exactly. Why would he I come just, back? Yeah,
1: exactly. I just think he's he's gonna be wanting to play at that higher level. And I do think someone will come in for him, maybe one of the promoted sides, maybe someone like Huddersfield or Brighton. I think both those clubs were linked with him last summer and might have a, a dabble there, but we'll see. Uh
2: and what else What else do you what? think about this proven goalscorer? Tim's quite certain that Bristol City need to bring someone in.
1: OK, I've got a couple of points. And um, first off, I just want to mention Bobby Reed. So, yeah, I think this isn't going to be a straightforward thing. Um, from what I know of the situation, there's obviously negotiation going on at the moment. Nothing's been sorted. Um, and maybe, obviously, you've got the agent in the middle there. Maybe things aren't quite so straightforward. Um, interestingly, I think... Bobby Reid, if, if he wasn't to sign a new deal um, this summer, um, maybe, possibly, there's even the slightest chance he could stay beyond this window. Uh, and if that happens, I think there, there could even be a chance he might even remain at Ashton Gate over the longer term. And that, that is clutching a little bit of straws, yes. However, these things don't always run as smoothly um, as, as you might think. There's and. I'll go back to what Lee Johnson said the other day on the radio. Everybody's got an agenda, so you've got the player. This is what Lee was saying, so I'm, I'm really just paraphrasing him. But obviously, the player wants to play at the highest level that he mm. can. You've also got the agent in there who wants to get the best deal, obviously, and you've got the club who want to tie Bobby down for as long as possible on on a on a on a reasonable wage, but but not sort of obviously overcommit the club. So there's lots to uh, negotiate there to get right. Um, I, th- I think there might be a, a, a few sticking points uh, in there, um, which the club is going to have to. Sort through. Um, I I think I, one one other thing is I've heard. Obviously, um, it's been mentioned that Bournemouth have been interested mm. in him. Latest I've heard on that is that they are a bit cool on on Reed at the moment. They've got higher priorities, so I don't think there's anything happening there with that. About um, so, Everton,
2: I heard Everton mentioned.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I don't know anything on that one myself, but obviously they've been linked. Yeah, so um, we, we might have to wait and see. Basically, again, what what plays out there. Nothing. Nothing is imminent. Well, for the Everton one, I, I would have thought if there was anything there, that would be on hold because they're changing
0: managers, obviously, with Sam Allardyce leaving. So, yeah, that's I all, think that's just
2: know. a rumour circulating on, mm. on social media. But um, with Everton as well, of course, Wayne Rooney's going, so they will be looking for a striker. But, it, I mean, is Reed the calibre to replace Rooney? Maybe not right now.
0: Um, I think Reed would fit in to the right club. Uh, I don't think there there are certain clubs in the Premier League where he would fit the right club I think he'll do a great job for in the Premier League but Mm. it needs to be the right one Um, just one last thing on potential outgoings Uh, I've seen another rumour again rumours Frank uh, Frank Fielding could be off to Blackburn because obviously he's a Blackburn boy he's a
2: northern lad isn't he
0: yeah so that's the only thing that kind of makes me think maybe there's some truth in that because he is from the area
2: well that brings us on to Dean Henderson who is the rumour keeper that Lee Johnson wants a rumour around a million pounds Dean Henderson if you don't know at the moment is on Loan at Shrewsbury Town he's had a brilliant season there uh, he's from Manchester United he's being loaned out at the moment what do we think do we think this could happen and is he the caliber of keeper that Bristol City want right now I think he's a great keeper
0: I personally I don't know too much about him but I do know that Shrewsbury have had a great season and I have heard things about him I've seen him make
2: some great saves and
0: he's he, you know he's, he's been talked about a lot so potentially if he was to come in that would be a good signing and obviously would Frank Fielding want to stay and be a number two because it any new keeper no, that comes when he's in not been number 1 no any new keeper that comes in is going to want to be signed as a number 1 so that again adds to the potential that Frank might go but
2: they need another keeper because of Luke Steele don't
1: they they do i think and um, just to add to the Dean Henderson here's Dean Henderson so, mm-hmm. yeah uh, Dean Henderson one obviously i think we've spoken about this before but Lee Johnson has been at Shrewsbury at least once or twice this season i think he watched them against Doncaster um, mm-hmm. somebody else has said to me another Another game he was at as well No, I
0: I do know he was at Shrewsbury for at least one game I think he's been there two or three times According to a friend of mine who goes there on a regular basis
1: So yeah that would all tie up nicely Mm. Um, In in terms of recruitment When Lee goes to watch a player That's normally like the the final stage So yeah that that one makes complete sense to me
2: Well we asked on Twitter for Who you think should be brought in Where the squad needs reinforcement And a lot of you didn't hold back (laughs) We've got one from Liam here just before we talk about more areas for players he said management I mean Liam come on really
0: um after the the mad losing run that City went on that would have been the best chance to get rid of Lee Johnson when are you talk
2: talking about now this
0: season or last season uh, last season um if ever Lee Johnson was going to go it was going to be then if Steve Lansdowne stuck by him then he's not going to get rid of him in the summer after. A fairly decent season. It, you think, you I thought you were talking
2: about this season for a second. I was like, they didn't have that mad a loser running this no, season. No, although, although the I, second
0: half of this season has been poor. It's
2: been poor, but they were drawing games and, and scraping results. Yes. There, and, and there. Have, yeah, last season, what, what, how many was it? Was it like nine? Did I that think, win? I think
0: it might have it, been 10? more, maybe ten or eleven.
2: Yeah, and we were constantly asking after games, weren't we? Yeah, it, I think it got teacher. to something
0: like the seventh or eighth game, and I think... After every game then, it was like, yeah, he's definitely going to go now. He's definitely going to go. And, and he still didn't. And to be fair to Steve Lansdowne, I think he made the right decision because he saw what happened in the first half of this season. And I, I really do think with the cup run, that hampered our season. I think without the cup so run, City... as a City, City fan... As a City fan, the cup run was amazing. I, and I wouldn't swap it for anything.
2: Right, there we
0: are. But on the flip side to it... yeah. It, without the cup run, I think City would have finished in the top six.
2: Really? Wow. Uh, so, Liam's, Liam's, do you think Liam's right or wrong on that? Wrong. I mean, he's entitled to his opinion. Oh, I
1: think he's wrong as well. I think you've got to build around Lee Johnson, he's a, he's a good young coach. And, and his
2: staff. You know, Dean Holden, Jamie Callister, lovely guys but also good young coaches, aren't they?
1: Yeah, they come as a team. I think it's uh, funny to see, see them at the League Managers Association the other day. What was Dean Holden doing, wearing brown shoes and a, and a tuxedo? That's what I want to Why
2: be. do people have a problem with this? I was, uh, I think it was at a wedding the other day, and they were like, oh. oh, no, I was at the Exeter game, actually, and Jamie Callister was down there. I saw him. And then someone was saying to me, someone was working with brown shoes with a suit. They're like, you can't do that. I'm like, well, I think it looks smart.
0: Anybody that knows me knows my fashion sense is absolutely okay. zero. So, uh... <laughs>
2: well, Tim, you've come <laughs> in a not... tuxedo today and you look great. Oh, so, clearly, you know. <laughs> clearly.
0: Yeah, um... my, my fashion advice is not to be taken.
2: <laughs> okay, some other thoughts on Twitter. Uh, we've got one here from uh, Nelly Belly, who says, manager, goalkeeper, defence, midfield and attack. I mean, he doesn't want much, does he? No, <laughs> yeah,
1: well, good luck
2: with oh, that. Yeah, how about a new stadium up. while yeah. you're at it, I mean, just... Well, let's, let's quickly get back to outgoing Squirrel, because I know there's one other outgoing rumour that you want to mention.
1: couple, I'll try and crowbar them in. Um, Horder Magnuson has got suitors, he's always got suitors. Um, there's a Champions League club, I believe, interested in him, but it's early days, so we'll see, see... how it
2: gets on at the World Cup,
1: perhaps? Yeah, we'll see how that one goes, and obviously City would have a decision to make there, because you can't let too many left-backs go in one window. Um, Yeah, Aidan Flint, a little story I've been told, is, uh, and I haven't been able to verify this one, so um, maybe take it with a pinch of salt, but I've been told by a fairly good source at the club that Flint, at the end of the season, was told by Lee Johnson that if a suitable offer comes in, he could go... Now, that isn't saying that he's transfer listed or anything like that, but just that if if he wants to progress his career, if he wants to play Premier League football, and he is, let's be honest, he's 28, I think, now. um, So if he does get that offer um, that comes in, then I think, yeah, maybe City would seriously look at that. And you've got Zach Viner behind him, who I know a lot of fans rate very, very highly. Certainly um, the Plymouth fans do. So, um, yeah, something to keep an eye on there. Uh,
2: What's Aidan Flint's release clause? Do we have any idea what it could be?
1: Don't know. I don't. I don't know for sure that he has a release clause. So Surely he's
2: got a release clause. He only started a contract in January.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of an odd one that. But um, obviously, I did ask Flint himself what his future was. Just and before he was the end of so
2: summer. non-committal. Wasn't Yeah, he, he
1: just he, he goes into the stock. I've got three years on my contract here, so um, we'll yeah, he see. Shuts no,
2: we'll it down, see what happens. That's what he said, didn't
1: he? He did. He did. So that isn't exactly a complete rebuttal, is it? So um, mm. yeah, we'll see. I think it will depend on who comes in for him, really.
2: Okay, and incomings.
1: Incomings. Well, that's I, to be honest.
0: Normally, by this stage of a, a, a close season, we, we have about three or four solid rumours. But I I haven't heard other than the Man United young keeper. I, I haven't heard anything really.
2: Craig, what can
1: you tell us? Um, Well, just a few little bits. Um, I think there's a lot to recommend the Marley Watkins rumour. Obviously, City were interested in him last summer. Mm. Lee Johnson admitted an interest in in him then. Uh, Only the other day, he said, didn't he, on the radio, he wanted more productivity from out wide, goals and assists, basically. And, OK, Watkins has had a bad season. He hasn't scored um, in the league for Norwich. But he did get 10 goals from out wide. And, um, obviously, Lee knows knows him from his time at Barnsley. So, I think that would be one to keep an eye on. On. uh in terms of other incomings we've kind of uh, mentioned this a little bit already but i think well i'm sure the club uh, wants a defender to come in um that possibly could be a fullback we'll we'll see um and yeah i'm pretty sure they're after a midfielder as well um, but we'll we'll keep an eye on that.
2: There aren't that many sort of solid connections at the moment, but uh, here's a few rumours floating around. Liam Rossini. Now, he's someone I discussed with his dad, Liam Rossini, who came on the podcast earlier this season. He said, who knows, one day maybe Liam could return. But, Tim, you don't think he's the most popular figure around Ashton Gate?
1: No,
0: he left under a bit of a cloud. And uh, even after he left, he's made some derogatory comments about City, So But although he has kind of taken them back, and I think he, he is trying to win the fans back over, Again, I don't know whether that's uh, him trying to engineer a move or. Well, or like he's that.
2: thirty-three, and I mean he hasn't announced his retirement. But I mean I see him around Sky all the time. He's doing loads of uh, punditry work, and his media career seems to be going well. He speaks very eloquently. Maybe he's looking at that
0: now rather than football. Well, med- media certainly does seem a way for, for players to go before their retirement and it, sometimes it's even an option. I mean, look at uh, Jermaine Jenas; He's making a good name for himself at the BBC. Uh, I know he retired slightly early through injury, but he, he actually is a great broadcaster, I think. And Maybe if Liam Rossini, if he's not too popular as a player or he decides to hang up his boots, if he's any good at broadcasting, then why not give it a go? But
2: maybe not back to Bristol
1: City. I can't see it myself. What
2: do you think, Gregor? Um,
1: not so sure about that one. Um, I was going to suggest um, that City might be looking at the lower leagues again. Obviously, I think we've all heard them linked to sort of various players In, from League One. Um, there was the Peterborough winger, winger recently, Guion Edwards. Um, Good player. Yeah, um, he could add something from out wide. Um, but I think- is
2: he Championship quality?
1: Not not sure, not sure of myself.
2: I know Bristol City don't have the biggest budget in the Championship, but, you know, they did spend £5.2 million on our Gigi last summer, Hmm. so should they not be looking for proven Championship players now if they're really serious about going for promotion to the Premier League? From
0: the fans' point of view, that's what they would like to see because we've signed the likes of Taylor Moore for a couple of million, uh, Gustav Engvel again for a couple of million, and yet they've hardly had a sniff at the first team. We need to be signing players. If you're going to pay two million for a player, you need to be signing a player that's going to go into the team, not one for the future. We've signed players for the future. They've either now got to step up mm. or City need to start signing players for the now, not the future.
2: Where's well, it's Houlahan, left Norwich and was very emotional about it. But he is... Not the youngest player, thirty-five, but has been linked with Bristol City a bit.
1: Go, it would go a little bit against the grain of what we've uh, come to expect in, yeah. uh, the, with their transfer strategy. Uh, I'm going to throw in Daniel Johnson, who I've heard a, a, a few rumours about and being linked with Bristol City. He's um, another one that Lee Johnson knows, and um, he's got a year left on his deal up at Preston. And um, yeah, I think that could be a, a name to keep an eye on.
2: Any Premier League players that are rumoured to either be. Maybe a loan interest in or permanent signings? Any at
0: all? No, no. From my point of view, anyway, no. Uh, I don't know if Greg has heard anything
1: else. Oh yeah, I haven't. Not 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 Premier League players, but all I'd throw into that is that. Sort of this time last year, I spoke to Lee Johnson and he was um, adamant that he wanted to basically keep an eye on the market because things change all the time. Mm. And he wanted to basically have some room for manoeuvre at the end of the window when you've got clubs who need to offload players. Um, like For example, I'm going to throw this out there. Obviously, Gary Rowett's just left Derby. They're, they're going to apparently, according to the reports, going to be cost-cutting quite a lot, aren't they, over the next few weeks. Apparently, Vidra is, is supposed oh, to be sold. Yeah, but so, massive I'm not, Vidra.
2: With all due respect... He's not going to come to Bristol City. He'd be looking to go to a Premier League club, you know? He scored so many goals in the Championship.
1: Uh, yeah, may- maybe not him, but other players. May- there-, there could be an, uh, somebody else that they could grab there, sort of like they did with Nathan Baker from yeah. Aston Villa. So, I mean, I'll tell you fan. who would be a good shout. Uh, Bennekafobi.
2: Yeah. Mm, from Wolves.
0: Because mm, he's not going to be... Around the first team at Wolves now. now so he now was hardly around the first exactly, team. Exactly. So, uh, but he's still a great striker, and I yeah. think he would be a great addition. Nice and, and one other um, area that I think City need to strengthen is midfield, but not just any old midfielder, not necessarily a playmaker. I think City need a real kind of guts and all kind of player, a bit like Scott Brown at Celtic. Now, uh, I'm not, Roy Keane. Uh, yes, very similar. And I'm not saying that City are going to go for Scott Brown, but that type of player, someone who gives it his all in every game and has a little bit of a nasty streak to him when he needs to.
2: He's a player that you hate if you're playing against him, but if he plays for your team, you absolutely love him.
0: Absolutely. That's what City need. A bit like, a on the management level, a bit like a Neil Warnock, but yeah. in a player kind of way. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, how about a, a Suggestion for that role. What about someone like Miley Jedanak of Villa, right? I he's a key part of that team and wouldn't want to leave Villa, but say they get promoted, well because he's he's a veteran player, they would upgrade that position, therefore might make him available and he's the sort of player who makes a tackle, he's awkward to play he's a good against. Player. He wins he wins the headers there, he does the day, Experienced. basically, Yeah. Um do you think could you see that? I, I think that could be It's not a bad shout. I mean, City
0: kind of already have a player like that in Corey Smith, but I feel like he's lost a bit of his edge in the last season or so because in the first season he was flying into tackles and Mm. and he did suffer a serious injury actually because of it and maybe that's why it's taken a little bit out of his game But I think he's, he's almost not become as...
2: more of a playmaker has rather than being that blood and thunder midfielder Yeah
0: and I, but I actually preferred him before when he was the blood and thunder midfielder I, I think it suited him more and mm. his character more and I think after since calming his kind of play down I think it's taken a little bit away from him
2: Just finally do Bristol City need a bigger squad than they had this season do you think? Because the amount of injuries was seriously unlucky yes but Lee Johnson said time and time again well I'm flogging my players and this is why we're not getting the results
0: I I think if in hindsight if he could do it all again this season maybe two more players probably no more than that but you can't account for injuries you, you can't start the season and think right that player's going to get injured That you know some season you'll go and uh, only one player will ever get injured through the season or, or long term anyway so you, you just can't odds it so it's, it's tough
1: being a manager and getting that right balance Gregor?
2: Okay, cool.
1: Just to add, yeah, I I sort of agree with what Tim was saying before. I think it's a case of quality over quantity now, isn't it? Um, And reading between the lines, what Lee Johnson said the other day when he was on uh, the radio is is words to that um, extent. And basically he wants to free up the pathway for the younger guys to come through because they've got plenty of talent. In the, in the younger ranks there, um, these guys need to play, um, but at the same time, you need to strengthen the squad. So I think they'll let some players go, and that will um, obviously make a huge difference as to what they do. Um, but yeah, if they do bring in anyone, then yeah, it, it really needs to be real quality.
2: One that springs to mind is Samuel Saez against Newport in the FA Cup. In January, was banned for six games for spitting. I mean, I saw that one, I saw that happen, but we haven't seen this one, which makes it difficult.
1: Yeah, I asked the FA yesterday as well, could we see the video, will yeah. they release it? And they said it's basically up to the clubs, so it's up to Bristol City. Um, the, the one thing about this is the timing for me. I mean, this is like five weeks afterwards. And, yeah, it's really odd. Yeah, the FA said it was because there's no fast-track system um, operational because it's the end of the season. However, obviously, there were matches still, Uh, to be played after that so I don't know why it's taken so long to come out maybe that might be something to do with Bristol City or not I'm not not too sure
2: What do we think about from R.O.G.G.'s character then because spitting is pretty not pleasant pretty disgusting Um, we've heard him say that he knows people at Premier League clubs before which I didn't like you know these aren't positive things are they?
0: The things I've seen of him he seems like a very happy character he seems to be enjoying life at Bristol City I've never seen anything in him that suggests that that's in his nature But occasionally, I guess anger gets a better view, you know, and the moment gets a better view. But spitting, it's just—it's not one of those things you do.
2: But what um, about his comments that he knew people at Premier League clubs? What do you think of that? Is that or is that, was that just something you said I, and didn't think yeah,
1: about? Yeah, I, I think that's just uh, like a natural response. I think he's just being honest there. Is um, I yeah, my that it,
2: misconstrued, do you think? A
1: little bit, a little bit. My interpretation is, he, he, yeah, he's a great guy. I, I love seeing him around the club. You see him often with his little boy. And, I've um, got to say, he's, he's such a happy guy. Yeah, he is, If he, you
2: see him down the club, he always smiles in the tunnel. He always says hello. So is it important? I mean, I've seen people on social media say, oh, we don't want someone that spits at our club. But is that a bit of a knee-jerk reaction? Because... You know, you've seen how he is with the fans. We see him up close. We don't know him very well. But he seems like a nice guy. Is this just a mistake? And, uh, you know, when you marry up to those comments, is it just a coincidence? And like I say, that could just be misconstrued. The
0: thing is, I think with, with any spitting incident, unless you can clearly see the player aiming his spit at another player, rather than just maybe just play a spit all the time on the pitch just naturally. But if it's aimed at the player, that's one thing. But if he just spat and it, it went in the direction of a player and he didn't mean it to, then you can almost say, well, okay, that's just one of those things. But if he's actually aimed it at a player, that makes it a little bit more difficult to we defend. We see
2: it. Hard, uh, well, that's,
0: and we, none of us, I don't think, can comment on it properly until we've seen it, yep. if ever we see it.
2: But I think we can all say in our experience that actually he's a nice guy.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, I wouldn't have thought that was in his character, but then again, like, when you step over that white line, you're on the pitch.
2: Yeah, everyone changes. Know, yeah,
1: exactly fully expect him to lead the line next season for City 20 goals of reckon he's got in him although will be difficult with this ban but um, yeah big part of the future
2: okay well watch this space we are now going to take a, a two week break because myself and Gregor are off on our holidays we will be back the week uh, not together no thanks Gregor, for putting that out there wow clearly did not want to go on holiday with me
0: <laughs> that would be a transfer <laughs> rumour <laughs>
2: that's not a transfer rumour guys let's squash that right now uh, we'll be back the week of the 11th of June we'll be talking about the World Cup as we build up to that. Obviously, Horda Mackinson is going to be out there. Sandy Bailey Wright is not going to be there. And hopefully, we'll have some more solid transfer. Gossip for you. So we'll be back then. And thanks for listening this season and we'll see you in June. And if you're listening on iTunes, please rate and review us. This podcast was sponsored by ELM Legal Services, based in Bristol, who provide will writing and estate planning services across the UK. A standard single will is £99. You can call them on 0800 019 4557. Robin's on the Wire.